Hello, everybody. This is episode one, season two of the Launch School podcast. Before we get into it, I just wanted to explain why it's been so long since the end of season one before we started up this podcast again. We launched season one of the podcast in our first year of launching Launch School. And for those who aren't new to Launch School, we're going into our fourth year. The main problem we saw during that time was that people were just unfamiliar with this idea of mastery based learning, which, as longtime followers of Launch School will know, that's what we're all about. It was just such a radical departure from the traditional way of learning and especially from the many coding bootcamp options out there that we want to take time to explain and share stories of how to be successful when we don't have a time duration in our courses. What does that feel like? What are the success factors in this new learning environment? And who are the people doing this? I think for the most part in season one, we accomplished that goal of sharing with listeners some of the tactics and strategies and attributes that helps one be successful in this new way of learning, what we call mastery-based learning. For season two, we wanted to go one step further and share what happens if one follows our mastery-based learning pedagogy to the end. It takes longer and it's unfamiliar, so what's the point? Why do this if not for better results? The problem is that to see these results of an educational approach optimized for the long term is that it takes a while to see. It's kind of like anything good for you in the long run. If you want to see the benefits of eating a healthy diet, the healthier the diet, the longer you have to wait to see the benefits. If you're just trying to satiate immediate hunger, any meal will do. So that's why it's taken a few years since season one of this podcast to launch season two. What we wanted to do this season is to show the long-term results of our mastery-based learning pedagogy after a few years. So that's why the gap of a few years between season one and season two. This season, we're gonna speak to our capstone graduates, uh, many of whom who have been working for a year or more, maybe multiple years at their jobs at this point. We'll speak with uh, capstone graduates working at companies like DigitalOcean, Facebook, TimescaleDB, Walmart Labs, and in software engineering roles ranging from blockchain to networking infrastructure to time series databases. Uh, we'll also get to see a wide range of backgrounds that people have. So these stories aren't just about people who have PhDs in computer science. Uh, it's gonna include people who didn't go to college or immigrants or bootcamp refugees who eventually found launch school. So hopefully it will inspire and show that anyone can be successful in a mastery-based learning pedagogy. So I'm glad you're here and welcome to season two. In this first episode, we'll chat with Tanner Allard, who has an amazing story and background. Tanner doesn't have a college degree and started launch school only a few years removed from his high school graduation. After finishing Capstone, Tanner landed a job in New York City paying $120,000 while his high school classmates were still in college. Tanner now works at a blockchain startup and I hope you enjoy this episode and enjoy his story. Welcome to the Launch School Podcast, where we discuss education, programming, and how to build a rewarding career in software engineering. Welcome to the Launch School Podcast. Uh, today we have Tanner Allard, who graduated from the Launch School Capstone Program. Uh, what's it been, Tanner? About two years ago or a year and a half ago or something like that? About that, yeah about that yeah time flies um yeah so how are you doing today what what are you what are you working on now since since that time since finishing um finishing up capstone yeah uh, actually right now <clears throat> i'm working on pre preparing for a trip to germany for the web3 summit where i'll be doing a workshop on uh some blockchain development stuff. blockchain wow what, what's the web3 summit it's a it's a huge event uh blockchain event and it's, I'm actually going to be uh, at the Web3 Summit. It's like a few days long. And then another blockchain event right after that. 
but um, people from all over the world <clears throat> come to this event. Some some big names, uh, founders of uh, common names like Ethereum uh, and maybe Bitcoin. Although, since is this for know. work or is it just like personal interest? Yeah, this is for work. Yeah, so I, I work remotely um, at a blockchain company and basically just teaching people how to build decentralized applications on top of, of the blockchain system that we have implemented. That's that sounds amazing. Um, besides besides that, anything else that you're working on that's interesting? I mean, that's already pretty interesting, I think. But uh, what what else? Yeah. So the cool thing is that at at this company, we kind of follow a management philosophy called programmer anarchy, and basically, the the technical team does whatever they feel is the best way to advance the company forward. And so we, we do a lot of collaboration, but we also really have our own um, projects that we have ownership over <clears throat> and things like that. So I'm working on right now, kind of just building a framework that can be used to easily develop decentralized applications uh, that run on top of the blockchain in JavaScript. And uh, JavaScript is a very familiar language and there are some common complaints from developers about uh, blockchain in the past have been things like, well, there's, there's a high barrier of entry and, you know, we have to learn this new language. Well, now they can build applications in JavaScript, which they're already familiar with. Um, so building a framework for that, I built a prototypical one in Ruby as well uh, that, you know, implements its own event loop and things like that. Um, and other than that, also just doing some writing kind of, explaining how our programming paradigms work and building an in-browser IDE so people can debug their smart contract code um, before deploying it as well. So wait a second, how, how old are you? 23. And how, so how did you, most people are just like finishing up undergrad at 23. How did you get to being um, a blockchain developer you know, going traveling to Germany, teaching people, building frameworks, building distributed applications. Uh, I mean, how do how did you get here? Maybe that that story is uh, would be interesting to to people. Yeah, so I basically I was in college for wellness and medicine. It was a it was a pre med program. And when and was this? This is like straight out of high school, like around eighteen ish. Yep, I, I went straight from high school to college, and um, I have always been really interested in philosophy as well, and just started thinking about. Um, my senior thesis, and that was going to be, it was going to have some computer science topics in it as well. It's really, I could go on a huge tangent about that, so I'll save it, but basically it had some computer science topics in it as well. And I started to like compute, computer science for its own sake and its own merits, not just as a means to an end, <clears throat> to my particular end. And so I started figuring out, well, if I want to learn this entire new field, how, what's the best way to do it? And I didn't really want to, well, first of all, my school didn't offer computer science programs, so I'd have to transfer. And I also, um, so that was what initially prompted me to research alternative paths. And so there was teach yourself, but I mean, I always liked learning and always continue to learn on my own. So the teach yourself path was appealing to me but there's there some fundamental flaws with absolute beginners trying to teach themselves these new topics, which is 
that, well, one thing that I say is that um, feedback is one of the best forms of self-improvement. And with teach yourself, it, feedback is sparse. And also, although there's no shortage of information uh, about computer science online, and so I could gather all the information, I really didn't know what to, how to structure it. I didn't know what fun, the right fundamentals to focus on were, that type of thing. So structure, feedback were both important. I did look into boot camps, <clears throat> and basically, the more I looked into those, the less that appealed to me. I, I did like the um, air of intensity around it. You know, you're, you're studying hardcore for months upon months. But there seemed to be some obvious flaws in that model as well. And in, basically, if you, if you confine it such a short amount of time, I couldn't see the right depth occurring if I wanted to actually shift careers, which is what I wanted to do. Wait, and so I, this is like sophomore year-ish or freshman year in, in college? This is junior year in college. Oh, this is junior year, okay. And yeah. so why didn't you, I guess, you know, most juniors in college, I think they're already kind of committed to it, um, you know, finishing out, get, finish a degree, or maybe switch to computer science. Um, right. did, you think, did you think about either one of those choices, like just finishing out a degree fast and then, you know, um, trying to trying to convert to you know programming job then or just converting your major to computer science right well the problem with the major to computer science well the first problem was that my my school didn't offer it so i have to transfer and uh actually <laughs> i left out a part of the story i actually did transfer to a different school where uh and enrolled in a degree program for software engineering but i lasted six weeks and that's not because i'm some flake but it's because I quickly realized that uh, the way the, the classroom-based environment, I just did not feel worked for me. And there were some there were some classes where things were going way too slow. There were some classes where the way the professors had to teach it wasn't uh, wasn't the right um, met methodology. And also, I had already built up a habit of getting the the minimum viable grade I needed to. And this hyper focus on grades just didn't work for me when what I actually wanted to do was develop skills I could use uh, in a career setting. Um, and so all of those reasons and a few more uh, ended up making me last six weeks in that program. Uh, but and then I actually transferred back to my original school in my same degree. And I didn't last long there either. Uh, and I'm actually glad that I didn't pursue that degree <clears throat> in the end because um, after the frustration of switching to the degree, and you no know, self-taught wasn't going to work. Boot camps not only didn't seem effective, but also didn't seem effective for my goal <clears throat> in my situation. Also, were extremely expensive. Uh, I did find launch school, <clears throat> and I was in launch school probably for a few months while getting my degree program. And this is now in the senior year, so I'm in launch school. I'm in the senior year of my college degree program. And I actually realized that I really just wanted to focus on software development and computer science uh, fully. And then it occurred to me, well, why do I even, why stay in college? I'm, I'm not going to use this degree. I'm, I'm changing my field. And uh, the only thing keeping me there was basically the, the sunk costs fallacy. <laughs> and, and so I, I just dropped out and decided to do launch school full time. Wow, that's senior year too, or end of junior, beginning of senior. Wow, that's uh, 
why, what about the idea that, or, or is there any doubt in your mind that if you didn't have a college degree, it'd be hard to get a job? Um, how did you overcome that? What, how did you think about that? So there was, of course, doubt. Uh, not, but there, one thing to say before going into that is that uh, I found law school by accident. I, I guess I was just Googling around. And, you know, <laughs> law school's marketing is, is not very aggressive. <laughs> it's hard to come across. But uh, that actually was a good thing because I'm always suspicious of the things that get plastered, thrown in your face, um, saying how great the program is and whatnot. And so I came across Launch School and then I saw the page, like the, the is this for you page or something. And it's not, and <laughs> everything it said appealed to me. It's mastery based learning. It's learning how to think like a professional software engineer, the problem solving, emphasis on the problem solving skills instead of tools that will fade away. You know, it's, it's not going to be quick and easy, all this stuff. And I, and I said, okay, so I'll, I'll take the plunge. And then, and then, so a few months after doing that, I decided I'd just drop out and do that full time. And of course there were doubts. I mean, everyone, almost everyone uh, who knew about what I was doing had their doubts. Uh, I mean, what I, did your parents say? Didn't they, were they like, you're leaving college for this random online program that you found? Was there a lot of pushback on that or? Yeah, there, so. Our friends? My mom always wanted me to get a degree. My dad was kind of uh, different. He was he was like, go for it. <laughs> he says, I'm probably an idiot for giving you this advice, but go for it. My mom wanted me to finish the degree. <laughs> and but but in the end she was she didn't put up a fight. She was more uh, suggested that that's what I do, but the the whole I support you no matter what type thing. That's and nice. they were supporting. My friends thought I was crazy, just absolutely insane. And um <laughs> Right, because yeah. it's all ingrained in us, right, to just follow this path. And, and right. no matter what, finish that at least, and then do whatever it is you want to do. Whereas you sort of, you know, didn't finish the, the quote, you know, traditional path and did whatever you wanted to do before then. Exactly, yeah. I knew that I was going to switch fields after I got my degree, so I just figured I'd circumvent uh, the process a little bit, skip, try to skip a few rungs if possible, and uh, try out this alternative method. And, <clears throat> I mean... I had I had my concerns as well. What if what if the lack of degree filters me out immediately before I can even before I can even be be tested? And in your case, it's not even just lack of degree. It's also complete lack of experience in in terms of like no experience in any field that that you can even point to as transferable skills, right? Because you're so young and just no no professional experience at all and no degree. Um, I guess you, you must have taken a leap of faith or something to, to recognize that, you know, in our field, um, it, it is about skills. It is about, you know, what, what you can do. How did you come to that conclusion? Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's true. I had, I mean, I was extremely young, still am, and I didn't have, I didn't have any professional experience, didn't have a degree. Literally, it was all riding on the success of me completing this program and just trusting the process, but I really had that type of obsessive attitude, which is I would just tell myself, I'm going to make it work no matter what. And there were days where I would sit there and think, oh my gosh, did I make the wrong choice? But in the end, it was just, you know, fear because I knew that I would have to get a job as something. Right. Plus, it feels like if, let's say you did make the wrong choice, it's like you're 
you can always go back and finish your degree. Yes, and that's the that's the other thing is that I could try this as an experiment, and worst comes to worst, I go get my right. But um, I wanted to I wanted to, to take this route because it was more direct. I I thought why why distract myself with these tangential things when there's a path right here for me that would allow me to directly pursue what I want to pursue, and. Um, yeah, so no work experience, no degree. It was all riding on whatever I would get out of launch. Do you recall how long it took you to finish launch school? Just the just the core curriculum? Yeah, I believe it was about a year and a half. Year and a half, okay. And then and were you working on that basically full time? Full time study, yeah. Okay. Um and then after that obviously the capstone. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately I don't have the dates in front of me, but uh let's just say a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. 2017 in 2017 um yeah. you did capstone you finished it and then um you relocated to new york city to yeah. uh, for for your for your first job and you landed a job now i just want to maybe give an indication because i know a lot of people listening will be like okay I, anybody can get a job in new york city but maybe w- without forcing you to divulge your salary let's say like do you want to maybe give an indication what type of job it was or maybe you know, as a comparison or something like that to just yeah. allow people some context. Yep, that's, yeah, absolutely. So first I'll mention that before I finished the core, I did get a job offer. Oh, before you even finished the core curriculum without even entering Capstone. And after I finished the first half of the curriculum, I received a job offer from a, a local company. And local to? That, uh, local to Vermont. Vermont, so okay. Yep. And that was for a $60,000 starting salary. And so I not bad I, in Vermont, not bad in Vermont. No. Uh, so the cost of living is far lower than New York city. And that was with just the back end portion of the curriculum. So I didn't have any front end uh, training at that point. And it was for Java, even though I had not learned Java, didn't know Java. It was from the, um, fun learn, understanding the fundamentals, understanding how to think like a programmer that I was able to skirt by. There were over 20 people considered for that role. A lot of people, a lot more experienced than I did. But I just relied on basically the problem-solving process and the, the fundamental knowledge I learned from launch school. Ended up getting me uh, the offer for that. Wow. Well, so why did you apply? I, I I don't think I know this. Uh, did you just apply just to see how you would do on the market, or uh, what was the sort of impetus behind applying? Or were you like thinking about, hey, seriously, I might take this job? Well, okay. So I didn't actually know if I would get if I so. No one knows at the point where when I applied, no one knows if they're going to get into Capstone. And I think I had mm. failed a test. And so I was really convinced. <laughs> we use not yet in mastery-based terminology. <laughs> yes. I received a not yet, which means that, yeah, I'm not allowed to pass on to the, test, to the next portion of the curriculum because I did not uh, show mastery over the current content. And so that freaked me out a little bit. I thought, oh my gosh, my ultimate goal of getting the Capstone, it's not going to happen. So I applied. <laughs> Uh, out of fear a little that's bit. That's interesting, yeah. And also curiosity, though. I, right. I mean, I wanted to see where, where I was uh, from from an employer's perspective. And yeah, that was without any... Um, I didn't have a degree. They knew that. I, I, I guess you turned that job down or, or did you do it part-time or, or what happened I, there? I turned that job down because um, basically I got through the, the front-end portion a lot quicker and the interview process took a long time. I, I think I went through five rounds of interview. And so it took a long wow. time. Yeah. yeah. And so I ended up 
um, feeling better about where I was. I don't remember if I had been invited to Capstone yet or not, or if I just felt like I was going to because uh, my performance was a lot better. And so, or I was more confident in it. And so I did turn it down. Um, wow. I asked to wait a little while. Did, uh, did your and, family or friends know about that? Yep, they did. And so a, lot of, a lot of people thought I should take the job. But when I was invited to Capstone, I decided that I'm going to decline the job offer and go into Capstone instead. And so definitely didn't regret that. Yeah. Uh, after Capstone, I moved to New York City. Um, and that was my first time ever being in New York, <laughs> let alone New York City. So that was, a, that was a little scary. But yeah, I moved to New York City and just started uh, applying. And I didn't apply to any junior developer roles or uh, sometimes called software developer one or software engineer one. I only applied to mid-level and senior roles. <clears throat> and uh, my talk, my the talk about the project that I built in Capstone got accepted to talk uh, to different meetups. And so I ended up presenting, gaining referrals that way. And it was basically a grueling two weeks, but at the end of two weeks, I, you know, had, I was in the final phase of interviews with some companies and, um, and then I think, I don't remember which companies gave me offers, but there was one that I ended up accepting, which was, um, for $120,000 starting salary along with a signing bonus. And that was a mid-level software engineer role. So after two weeks of finishing Capstone, you had multiple job offers and, and ended up taking this one that yeah. basically doubled your other job offer in Vermont. That's right. Plus a signing bonus. Plus yeah. a signing bonus. Yeah. I think this is one of those things whenever people look at our results and our salaries out of Capstone, out of um, Launch School, people are always um, asking me how, how we get those. And part of it, of course, is training. But another part of it is walking away from the first jobs that you run into. And it takes a certain level of confidence to do that, to know that you're going to a different place, right, than the opportunity presented to you here, the first one. So I think that's hard. It's hard to turn down $60,000 and um, kudos to you for having the confidence to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of wondering what, at this point, what, what did your, uh, what did, did you, did you share sort of your, um, you know, your salary and your, uh, of course your job, but uh, did you share that with your high school classmates? I'm kind of wondering what, what, what their opinion is or what their impression was. Most definitely I shared it because they questioned me. So every step of the way. And so uh, it turned out being that I was, I, I became, I transformed from the dropout to uh, the person with a sweet job in New York City uh, <laughs> while they were all uh, graduating college and struggling to find jobs, you know. And so I definitely shared that with them. And <laughs> That's I, funny. They're, they're all interested in joining law school now because... <laughs> Uh, some of them are in the prep course, right? But now. do they ever? Oh, are they? That's that's interesting. That's good. Um, did they ever say something like, "Well, at least we, you know, we have a college degree, and you know, maybe a little bit took a little bit longer, and and all that." Do they do they help, hold that over your head? Yeah. So so in a way, because um, they would say, "Well, I mean, I'm just going to get this degree. I will have the degree, and then I can do whatever I want." And it's kind mm -hmm. of like a degree is some sort of insurance. But the mm -hmm. funny thing is. Uh, I mean, I'm getting my degree in computer science now, and I can mm. do it at my pace, and I have this very high-paying job. You're doing like a is it is it like a part-time or online, or yeah, it's, yeah, it's 
it's an online computer science degree. And so I just basically it's competency based learning and um, it's not self paced. And when are you going to finish that? Did you choose to study? I should, I should finish it at the beginning of next year. Well, that's really soon because it's August now. Yeah. Okay. So in basically, let's say six months time, they won't even be able to say that. Like at least, we, at least, you know, we took this long way, but have a degree. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of just reversing the order. Uh, I got the really high paying job before getting the degree and now I can get the degree at my own leisure. I'm paying for, I'm paying for it out of the pocket and it's, it's very affordable. Um, so I don't have any loans that I'm taking out either. That's amazing. Um, very high quality life. Yeah. This journey that you took, um, I want to say it's alternative, but really it's, I think it's only alternative only because we've, we've been sold this traditional path so much. Right. Um, but really it, it seems like the more sensible path, right. From just a mathematical standpoint, if you can get to a six figure job faster, right. You can get that and then still like get your degree afterwards. Yeah. That's the thing is that it's, it's this, there's this notion that you must have the degree before you start your career. And in this particular field, turns out that's not the case. And <laughs> I'm very happy about that, but it, it makes way more sense to me to do it this way uh, because the, the stress is so much lower, just day-to-day -day stress, uh, financial stress, everything. It's all right. been. You don't have to work at Domino's delivering pizza to pay for your college tuition. Exactly. Exactly. Or I guess you're put it another way, you're the equivalent of the pizza delivery job is you're, you know, going to blockchain teaching people to distribute applications in Germany. Yes. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> and this job is also uh, fully remote. And so I have a I organize my my day how I see fit and my own schedule and whatnot as well. So there's a lot of freedom and Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you're only twenty three so so when you went to New York, you were like around twenty one ish? Yep, I was 21 when I moved to New York. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So after, after some, so that first job in New York, um, I guess that was not the, uh, this job you have now, right? Um, so after a year, year and a half of work experience, you were able to parlay that, I guess, into pursuing an industry that you're far more passionate about, which is, which is blockchain. Do you, I always, you know, always, um, mentioned to people early in, in launch school curriculum, how learning things well unlocks future opportunities. I get a lot of people asking me about how to get into data science, how to get into blockchain, how to get into, you know, VR, um, augmented reality, all these things, um, machine learning. But to me, these are sort of like branches up a knowledge tree that are, that are further up, right? And what you got to learn is the trunk. And then you can choose all these different branches to go down. Yeah. Um, and actually, you, again, you went down this path too, not just alternative path, but also kind of going down the path of navigating yourself into a, a subfield that you're passionate about. You want to talk about that a little bit in terms of how, you know, um, going through the core, core curriculum, mastering fundamentals, like the learning, you know, the basics of uh, programming concepts, was it a waste <laughs> uh, when it comes to, you know, um, your blockchain job? Yeah. So this is super important because you could enroll you could be a beginner and enroll in some blockchain or data science machine learning program that teaches you that but 
that sets you up to, <laughs> if you do that, you're going to end up having to go back and learn the fundamentals at some point and take time off from your job, if you can even land one without the fundamentals. But the, the fact is that the fundamentals are the most important because that is what allows one to easily assimilate and consume large amounts of information. Uh, for example, I mean, it's common for capstone graduates to need to learn two need to learn new languages on the fly. Uh, since since starting at my current job, I've I've learned C and Rust, and that was only possible because I knew how to think about programming. Uh, I was you know from all the fundamental skills that were taught in law school and the fundamental mental models uh, that we use to think about programming concepts and. Blockchain, so I, I, I haven't really done machine learning, data science, or those things, but what I can say is that it's more like if you have, I, I'm going to use a cake analogy for some reason, but if you have, if you have a cake and the specialization is the frosting, you don't have a cake if it's just frosting, right? I mean, you need, you need that, that large amount of fundamental training in order to make it work. Um, because even though you work in the specialization, a day-to-day, um, like my development, for example, it's blockchain, yes, but you have to be able to understand, uh, understand other people's code, read that code. You have to be able to optimize. Um, you have to be able to think about, uh, say, problems that can arise in, in distributed systems, which is something in Capstone. But um, even if you don't do Capstone, you know, even something as simple as variables as pointers and drilling that into your mind could cause, especially in this particular specialization where, when we're running low-level code on virtual machines uh, across many different nodes, could cause huge issues if you don't understand how memory works. Right, yeah. You know, I always, whenever I talk to people uh, early on in the curriculum, I always implore them to not get too bogged down with learning frameworks early, like React. Um, you know, I've been in this industry since 2002, um, 17, 18 years now, and I've seen lots of technologies come and go, even technologies that seem like it's gonna stay here forever. Um, and, you know, React is very popular now, but if you dedicate time to becoming really good at using React, you know, first of all, you're pigeonholing yourself into that one job role, which again, may be high paying today, but right. will that be high paying five years from now. So one is sort of the, the danger of, you know, pigeonholing yourself into a technology um, at, a, at a high level, right? Mm -hmm. And the second thing is you really cannot parlay that experience very easily to something like building distributed applications, you know, on a, on a blockchain. Whereas if you understand programming fundamentals, you can really parlay that expertise in a variety of directions, right? And you also fortify yourself against sort of this trendy technologies that come and go every five years, right? And, and we are in the, you know, the, the, the prime of the JavaScript wave. Um, and, but it's really not about JavaScript, right? It's really about um, whatever comes in the future. It's okay, Rust, right? It's okay, right? Doesn't matter. And also about where your interests may go, whether it's blockchain or data science or machine learning, right? You can push in whatever direction. I think that's so critical when you're learning something new. Yeah, that's the thing is that uh, with, with learning tools and frameworks, 
if you if you don't understand fundamentals first, then yes, you've been pigeonholed into that particular tool. And that's not really being a developer, that's being uh, a framework user or a tool user. And when that tool goes away, which it definitely will, uh, you no longer have a solid grounding and fundamentals to stand on and then quickly learn the new tools that have come out or even understand why those tools came out. Because, I mean, frameworks are designed to solve specific problems. Tools are designed to solve specific problems. You have to, under, you have, to have the fundamental understanding to know what those problems are and uh, to evaluate the validity of the framework. I mean, there are so many different options out there whenever you want to build something. It's not necessarily the case that React is always even the best choice. But if you are a quote unquote React developer, well, you're always going to choose React, even if something else might be far better suited for the problem at hand. And uh, learning it, learning these tools quickly, and I mean a week or less, that's possible, but it's only possible if you have a strong grounding and fundamental concepts that don't change even when the tools change. Because like you said, trends are constantly shifting, but fundamentals stay the same. And that's what's going to make you competitive in the long run and establish, um, have you established in a, in a strong and secure career is the, the, the strong understanding of the things that don't change even when the trends do. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I and I feel like going back to sort of just your overall journey um, to how you got here and uh, sort of having the intuition or confidence to walk away from your degree. Um, it's such an interesting path. Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but would would you do it again, um, given what you what you know today? Oh yeah, a hundred times over. <laughs> it's actually. I mean, I'm not just I'm not just saying this isn't hyperbole. But Launch School dramatically changed my life. Um, I, I never actually thought that I would be in this type of position, be so financially secure, love my job every day. Um, at 23. At, at 23. <laughs> yeah. When, when, when I was asked what kind of salary I'd be happy with or really excited about before, before joining Launch School and before going on the job, I mean, uh, yeah, and before going on the job hunt, I said, wow, 60, 70,000, that would be amazing, right? <laughs> right? right. Uh, now that seems like that would be a huge pay cut to me. Right. So. Yeah, but I think most people um, are, they're okay with lower paying if it's good opportunity, if it offers good career growth. But I always say that's not how the world works. It's not that you get to make that trade-off. You know, the good jobs have all the benefits, right? They have all the you know good vacation days good health benefits um you know you buy as many monitors you want and they come with high pay it's not like the low paying jobs <laughs> have those positive benefits so, yeah that's the, that's one thing that i uh have actually tried to caution people against is not all developer jobs are created equal you can get a terrible developer job and still be called a developer same title completely different role completely different responsibilities completely different mentorship obviously completely different pay but it's pay is not the only benefit I I glean from having from going down this path. It's also the training, the confidence, the, the security, um, the opportunity to do things like travel to Berlin. I just found out I was going there last week, and I'm leaving Sunday, which is in a few days. You know, I mean, meeting 
some of the greatest minds in the field. Those are all benefits, but you don't usually get those unless you also find a high paying job, a very high quality job. So not all developer jobs are created equal. That's definitely Yeah, I think the salary is a proxy for a quote unquote good job that, yeah. because it correlates with it, right? It yeah. correlates with it. Um, and so I definitely advise people to find the good jobs. If you find a low paying good job, that's good too, <laughs> right? But it, such things very, very rarely exist. Yeah, that combination. So, um, all right, last question for you, Tanner, before we go. Why, why do you think more people aren't taking this path? Why, uh, you know, again, you had some intuition or confidence to to walk away from a degree, but how come, you know, most people are still sort of taking that path um, and 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 not taking a path that you're you, you've taken sort of doing finding a job first that pays well and then and then getting your degree if you want. Right, right. Uh, so. I've actually been thinking about that too, and definitely has multiple components to it. The first is, and definitely not the only, is awareness. Not, not a lot of people realize, I think, that there is this very viable um, alternative path that ends up with better results. And so that's the first thing. Second thing is, I mean, even when my friends knew that I was doing it, there's still fear. It's such a such an ingrained mm-hmm. idea that you have to go to college first. Go to college, graduate high school, go to college, then you start your career. So ingrained. That going against that, it's scary. I mean, I was scared too. I just I did it anyway. But I mean, my friends wouldn't even consider it. Is it a marketing trick to say that taking out a loan for like forty grand is the less fearful path? Yeah, that's come that that. I don't know how <laughs> having our awareness that there is this alternative path. I'm not sure that it's, it's riskier to take this path rather than going to college first, because I mean, the amount of costs incurred by loans and paying for college is so huge. I'd rather be in a position where I have a very nice cushion to sit on um, in a, in a large income as security while going to college. Uh, it's, way riskier you could be stuck with loans for the rest of your life otherwise so it's certainly a marketing trick it's definitely not a truth that right. going versus less risky so last question i know that i said last question was the last question but <laughs> well what do your how do your parents feel today what do they what do they say oh they're super glad that i went through this path i mean <laughs> um Sorry, it's just, it's just funny, but yeah, they, they don't regret it at all. My mom still says that if I ever want to, I should get a degree. So she's happy that I am, but not for the money, uh, just for the intellectual enrichment. My dad, my dad thinks, nah, you don't need a degree. <laughs> yeah, but my dad just believes I don't need one at all. My mom thinks that it might be helpful uh, for, for my own fulfillment because I love learning. But um, they definitely... Sometimes when I talk on the phone with them, they say, to think just a couple of years ago, you, th- you thought you were going to med school <laughs> and you'd still be in college at this point. <laughs> Look how dramatically for the better life has changed. Yeah, yeah. I do hope that more people realize it too, that there is another alternative path. And again, uh, it's, I don't think it's about skipping college or, you know, foregoing a degree, but that you, as you said, go back to get a degree for the intellectual benefit, 
not for just acquiring that agree, be, degree, because I feel like, um, and I felt similarly, you know, back back in the day when I was in college a long time ago, is that when when you're there because you know you have to be there, not because you want to, you, you start to, uh, as you alluded to earlier, like play tricks with grades. You do the minimal viable work to get an A. You, you know, brown nose to teachers to try to gain their favor uh, to get a better grade on, you know, the subjective um, grading, right, uh, essays or something like that. So um, students do all kinds of tricks to, to do the minimum, a minimum number of work, amount of work to get a good grade. And that's logical. That's what you should do if, if that's the game we're playing. But right. why even play that game? If you can go back to college or go to college um, for intellectual knowledge, stimulation, You'll, you'll be a better student, you'll be more engaged, and you won't be trying to game the classes for a grade. Yeah, exactly. People, people ask me now, well, you've got, you've got this, this great job, great career. Why are you going back to college? And I said, well, I mean, why not? It's affordable. I can learn every day, and it's structured. And uh, I do a lot of learning at my job, too. So I really don't have the willpower to structure my own <laughs> my own learning curriculum at this point. So it's better for someone else to tell me what to learn uh, because I do love learning. And also it's kind of related, right? Like it's, it's the same, the same thing. So. Yeah. And it's way easier. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the classes, I know all the material already, so, right. but there, there are some that, that um, are interesting and tangential to what I learned. And so, but yeah, it's just fulfilling to keep learning, but I, I don't need it for my career and it's not a career based um, action that I'm taking. It's purely personal and for fun. Yeah, awesome. So happy to see you doing well. I am so happy to interview you a few years out. Sometimes we interview people, you know, while they're in law school or immediately after graduating, but um, it's always nice to catch up with people um, a few years out just to see the progression. And I always say that for law school, we want to prepare people for the long term. It's so hard to quantify that. It's so hard to demonstrate that because it's like it's like saying you'll be, you'll you'll see the benefit of what you're doing now five years from now, yeah. right? It, it's just hard to perceive. Whereas if I were to you know cook you a dish or something, you can taste it right away and perceive it right away. So um, glad to have you here, Tanner. Um, and maybe we'll catch up in, uh, in on this podcast maybe a year or two out from now and see where you're where where you are, um, and and sh- sort of track your journey as you go. Awesome, sounds good. I I really enjoyed talking right. about. awesome well enjoy your trip to germany have a good day thank you thanks for listening to the launch school podcast check back for new episodes and don't forget to like subscribe and review